Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everybody. So, Mara, there's some big casting news this week. Michelle Morgan announced that she's leaving Y&R, which came as a huge shock to everyone because she's in such front burner story. And Hillary and Devon are one of the show's most popular duos. Also, Christopher Sean has already wrapped filming as Days as Paul and will last air in the fall. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bummer on both fronts, right? For their fans and for those shows. Uh, they're both in front burner stories with characters that people really care about and you know, in couplings that people really care about. And when we think about the popular couples on the four remaining shows, it's usually the couples that have been around for a long time. It's kind of harder to get the audience jazzed about burgeoning romances. But they have both accrued really strong followings for their respective pairings. And I have to say, my heart absolutely goes out to the Havan fans and the Harita fans who are super bummed as we sit here chatting. Me too. You know, I've already gotten so many emails from both of those camps. You know, they're heartbroken. Like, they've invested so much in these duos. And actually, with Will and Paul, what's been so interesting is that Chandler Massey took over that role, and people have really enjoyed seeing him work with Christopher. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten letters like, oh, I'm surprised because I was such a Will and Sonny fan, or I was such a Sonny and Paul fan, Mm -hmm. but now I'm really liking Chandler and Christopher. So they're sort of, you know, disappointed that that's obviously going to come to an end. I mean, with days shooting so far in advance, Christopher wrapped the same day that Marcy Miller did, which was the end of May. Mm -hmm. So we're really still going to see both of them well into the fall. But, you know, then we'll see where the story goes from there. And, you know, Christopher already has some other projects lined up. And I spoke to Drake Hogeston, who plays John, his on-screen dad. And Drake was just so sorry to see him go. You could tell from the way that Drake was talking that he's close to Christopher. And anytime I have spoken to Christopher, he tells me how much he adores Drake and just how much time they've spent together at the studio. And so those become like, you know, really family losses in a way. Absolutely. Now, with Michelle, we just spoke to her a couple of weeks ago, along with Brighton James on our podcast, and we got the sweetest comments from people who were just so happy to hear their favorite couple together offering their take and their perspective on their relationship. And I think we were so happy to be able to present that to them. And then came the news that Michelle was out. And it was just a heartbreaking plot twist. And, you know, I have to say my first reaction to uh, news of Michelle's exit was that it was a real blow to diversity in daytime. There are precious few 
black couples on daytime television and uh, Devon and Hillary caught fire with fans. I think the fans really, their support for that pairing really made it happen. And I am, I'm just really sad that that uh, happy ending that was like dangling in the, on the horizon uh, is going to be postponed. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's also interesting that Michelle just marked five years on the show and Christopher had been on days for four. And I think that's also why Marcy Miller, who really had only been there for two years, you know, came as such a surprise. You think about Susan Lucci, who stayed all 41 years of all my children, and even Allison Sweeney, who was on days for 21 years and had never left. You expect people to sort of stick around. You know, why do you think that there are people who are leaving kind of after their first or second contract now? You know, I think that there are a lot of reasons. I think you're always going to have people who who just aren't lifers, you know, who just don't have the mentality of, ooh, I've got this gig and I like it and it's comfortable, so I'm going to stay. Uh, but I think there's also a factor uh, that in today's climate, with only four shows left and, you know, so many cancellations not so long ago, uh, I don't think people see soaps potentially as a lifetime gig as actors might have been more inclined to do if they were hired in like the mid 80s at the heyday of the genre. Mm-hmm. You know, the interesting thing about that is that we're currently working on a story about the competition for soap roles in today's climate. Mm-hmm. And we're hearing that there are so many people who are really fighting to get back in because they've seen what's out there and they realize that their soap gig was actually pretty good. Um, I was told that at a recent casting, there were 11 very familiar faces, actually popular stars in their reading for the role. Yeah, all those names vying for one role. And I have had people say to me in as many words, and to your point, big names, uh, you know, sometimes with, you know, daytime Emmys to their credits, that they want to get back into soaps and they just can't. You know, it's an interesting trend. So we will definitely look into that more as that story progresses. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this week's issue, we are taking a look back at my all-time favorite primetime soap, Knott's Landing. Um, So to say I was a huge fan of the show is like a understatement. In college, we would never even go out on Thursday nights until the show was over, which was 11 p.m. at that time. And when I started here, we used to cover the show in the magazine. And I found when I got here that we actually got the scripts to do the recaps. So I really thought other than, oh my God, this is my dream job. It really became my dream job (laughs) very quickly. (laughs) Um, Were you a fan of Knott's? You know, I started to watch it in later seasons, and I got really into it, and I was all about Paige and Greg. Oh, my God. I loved Paige and Greg. I will probably say that Greg and Mac were my favorite characters. I will say, you know, to your point about getting getting your hands on the Knott's Landing scripts, I totally had a pinch-me moment when Donna Mills came to General Hospital. She did that short-term stint as Madeline, Nina's mom, and Silas is killer. And uh, I got to talk to her a bunch of times and meet her in person. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's like, it's Abby. That was so cool. I mean, I, I love when Knott's people come to daytime. And I will be honest, if someone tells me they were a Knott's fan, I'd, I immediately like them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think Dawson's Creek was probably the last primetime soap I was really, really into. And to me, it was like, oh, you're a Pacey and Joey person? You're in. You can sit at my table. <laughs> I like it. So I spent a lot of the week embroiled in this Patrika Darbo Emmy controversy. Um, in short, her win for guest performer in a digital drama series was revoked after it was discovered that her submission was actually ineligible for the category. Um, so I spoke to Adam Sharp and David Michaels from Natus, and I also spoke to Patrika about it. We have a story coming out with them. But Emmy night was really huge for our guests today. Days of Our Lives is James Reynolds, who was named Outstanding Lead Actor for the first time in his 37 years in soaps. Let's get him on the line. Hi, Jim. 
Hey, you. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, great. We're doing well That's so far. Awesome. Um, I'm also here with Mara Levinsky. Hi. Marla, how are you? I'm fabulous. I'm so excited oh, to talk to you today. Well, it's good to talk to you. It's always, it's always interesting when I'm doing a podcast because I'm, I'm imagining everything. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you've had a very exciting, uh, you know, month plus recently. Uh, yeah, a couple months, almost a couple months now. That's right. It's been, it's been really, really exciting. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm still lost in that glow of excitement. So I don't, I don't think it goes away. I've talked to some people who are, you know, like their winning was 30 years past and they're, they're still pretty excited about it. Oh, well, let's talk about Emmy Knight. Uh, what do you remember about the moment your name was called? You know, not much. Uh, it, <laughs> it's very interesting, you know, because it, it, it's just so much that you're that's going through you. Uh, you know, those evenings I've been nominated before, so I, you know, I kind of I'm kind of aware of uh, the the thoughts that go through your mind, waiting for your name to possibly be called. And at that very moment, it's still kind of a blank. I think you just kind of lose uh, reality there for a second or two, and then it, then it hits you. You know, it's like those films where everything is silent, and then they blast you with the ambient noise. (laughs) The energy in the room, James, when your name was called, was one of the things that I remember most clearly about that night. Not only was there a standing ovation, but there was just this this feeling of joy and support and appreciation. And I'm wondering, from your vantage point on the stage, could you feel that radiating in your direction? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that's one of the things that kind of keeps that moment alive. You know, now a few weeks removed, and I anticipate it will stay alive for a long time to come. Yeah, I was overwhelmed by that. I, that was um, a lot of emotions, and, and I, I want to say that may be the most rewarding moment of my life professionally. It, it was uh, looking out at that crowd of people and seeing so many people that seemed to be genuinely happy uh, for me at that moment. Uh, that, that was, that's an incredible feeling. Um, in your, your acceptance speech, you referenced Al Freeman Jr. and Darnell Williams. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. are the first actor of color to receive the lead actor prize since Darnell won, which was in 1985. Why did you feel compelled to pay homage to them in your speech? Well, I... I well, because it's been almost 40 years, <laughs> I thought, you know, uh, well, certainly 30, 35 years. So it, it was very important to me. There, there's a, there's a, uh, a young man who's, who's become a friend who was a, a fan, and he's actually a screenwriter, and uh, he had uh, emailed a congratulations to me and, and uh, said, you know, you will be the first African-American, if, if you win, to win this award since uh, uh, Darnell Williams and Al Freeman Jr. And, and I realized that how momentous that would be. Uh, I just realized this is, this is quite momentous. And it, it, it meant a lot to me. I, 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 uh, there was so much to me in that acknowledgement that I, that I wanted to say, and I, and I thought, I hope that acknowledgement may do it. I mean, uh, obviously it means that uh, over the... Forty years, not that many people have been nominated for the lead actor award. Uh, so it, it to me is something that I hope resounds uh, like ripples in a stream uh, throughout 
the entire daytime drama community uh, that it's important, especially in 2018, uh, that uh, we we continue to grow in our in our divorce diversity and, and in the way that we message to our audience. Absolutely, here here. Um, now tell us about, as you called it to me, the Stanley Cup tour that you've been on with your new Golden Lady. Uh, yeah, well, it, it, yes, it continues actually. <laughs> Uh, it continues on. Um, my I live in South Pasadena, which is near the L.A. area, and the, the city council gave me a, a citation last week. As a matter of fact, congratulations! For uh, honoring for the for the Emmy and also uh, uh, community work that I do. I'm very. Uh, my wife and I are both very active in the community and have organized the uh, South Pasadena Arts Council, which is. Uh, becoming increasingly uh, popular and influential. So it was nice to have that combination of uh, the artistic way in which I make a living combined with uh, with trying to spread the word of the community's art involvement. Uh, so that was great, and, and that continues. And then personally, I, I have people in my life that have been in my life for years, and uh, uh, I feel need to share that moment and uh, so they have asked uh, for me to I have my monthly poker game, and I took it to my monthly poker mm-hmm. game. And <laughs> I sit on the board of directors of the South Pasadena Arts Council, and uh, they were nice enough to throw a, a bit of a party for me. And so there it goes. I took it to my doctor, who uh, who changed the valve on my heart that I, I uh, had been born with. It's faulty valve. I didn't know I had till a few years ago, but I told him, you know, if it hadn't been for him. I wouldn't even I wouldn't have been nowhere near the uh, awards ceremony, and uh, so I, I I wanted to I just wanted to share it with so many people that I that I felt have uh, have played a role in my life, and uh, and all of them have been I'm, I'm just astounded how how people want to touch it and hold it. it it's it's really symbolic of a lot of things, and uh, so it's been my pleasure. And then. Next week, a week from tomorrow, I go back to my hometown in in Kansas, off close to Kansas, and they're having a James Reynolds Day. So, um, uh, no big deal, no big deal. Just James yeah. Reynolds Day. <laughs> so that's going to be great. That's going to be great. Uh, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah, so the tour continues. You know, I, I can't drink champagne out of it, <laughs> but, but uh, it, it's um, yeah, it's been it's been just an extraordinary. Extraordinary experience. That sounds it. Um, so, obviously, Abe Carver, longest running black character on television. What a remarkable yes. achievement that is. It's a little mind-boggling to hold that title, I would imagine. What does it mean to you? Well, it means a lot. And yet, and we have to go back to uh, what I was talking about, acknowledging uh, Al Freeman Jr. And, and Darnell Williams earlier. And, and yet, uh, yet another of many uh, reasons that I felt honored to receive that award. It means a lot personally, because uh, on, on just that personal level of, of being at, uh, going to work at a place in which uh, uh, you're appreciated and uh, you become a bit of the, the fabric of what makes up a television show, a network television show. So that that's always a great thing. But on a, on a greater level, uh, more universal level, I tell you what, when it really comes to me um, is when I meet younger actors that have been inspired by 
watching Abe Carver on television for almost four decades. And that happens um, almost daily, and I am overwhelmed. I am, I am, uh, I, I'm so beyond honored uh, and proud to have that kind of influence uh, with people, that they, they saw something uh, in, in that character and in my character that, that, that made them want to embrace this career. And uh, uh, I, I'm astounded by that. I, I met a young actor in uh, uh, the bathroom the night of the Emmys, as a matter of fact, who's on another show, so I won't, I won't say who it was. But, um, yeah, don't tell us who else goes to the bathroom. I, I, won't, I won't do that. <laughs> um, you know, I, we, I walked, he was washing his hands. I walked up and started to wash my hands, and I, I said hello. And he, he jumped up and then looked at me and... Um, was truly, um, you know, he had, he had that he had that moment when that he, he was stumbling almost as much as I am right now to describe how uh, his 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 thanks to me and the way he uh, the way he expressed himself is his gratitude. Uh, so th- there's this couple of generations of young actors in general and young actors of color in specific that uh, it has been my honor to uh, represent what they want to be. One of the uh, reasons the audience cottoned to the character of Abe so much was this awesome partnership and friendship that emerged between Abe uh, and Roman when Roman came onto the show a few weeks after your debut. What, yeah. uh, what are your standout memories of working with Wayne Northrup? Oh, I have so many. I have so many. Yeah, the uh, original concept uh, for Abe and Roman was that these are two lifelong friends, two guys that had grown up in Salem together, uh, had, had virtually known each other since birth, and uh, they were buddies. You know, it was and it, it um, uh, th- that was a very popular thing in the early '80s. The kind of buddy, the buddy films and the buddy cops and. Uh, mm-hmm. Abe and Roman were were good friends, and yeah, Abe showed up. I think about four, four or five weeks before Roman, he showed up a little bit ahead of Roman. And at that time, uh, the Salem Strangler was terrorizing the community, and uh, so that's where we we entered. And then Abe was involved with Valerie Grant, who guess what? Uh, <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> here we are today. <laughs> and uh, that story continues, but the um, Wayne was, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I could have again with with uh, a, a better partner. Uh, we were Otico uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, we we uh, we had a, we kind of had a different view, uh, I think, than a lot of the actors of of uh, acting. You know, was we were we were. Both pretty rooted in uh, uh, you know the world around us, and uh, and and Wayne had this, as you well know, this fantastic sense of humor, and was great. And um, we we just had we had fun. We had a wonderful time. We weren't shooting as many scenes a day. We weren't shooting as fast as we are now. We had three rehearsals a day, which allowed us to, to plot and do a lot of things <laughs> that we uh, <laughs> sometimes. 
sometimes Al Raven, who was producing then, didn't think it was funny. <laughs> and, uh, but we, we, we had a great time. We just had so much fun uh, together. Uh, I've been so fortunate. You're getting a whole, a whole real backstage experience here. Yeah, we really we, are. Phone ringing and Stuart over the loudspeakers. <laughs> <laughs> um, a day in your life right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did turn my phone off though. But um, he was um, he, he was just he, he was just great fun and and a very very serious actor. That's the other thing I think where where we connected. We were both you know we were we were happy to to uh, be in the middle of scenes and, and something would happen and we'd break up and start laughing. But we were also very, very dedicated to what we do, and Wayne Wayne took his work extremely seriously. Uh, uh, you know, as much as he fooled around on and off the set. <clears throat> no, but I was going to say. So uh, just really quickly, that I've been so. I think I've been very lucky with all the Romans. Um, uh, I I consider them all to be friends. I think they all brought something different to the role and. Um, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been very, very fortunate with Wayne, followed by Drake, followed by Josh. Uh, I, I feel great about that. Now, you've been a witness to so many creative eras of days. So yes. while it was happening, what did you think of the James Riley era when Carly was buried <laughs> alive and then Marlena was possessed and the show kind of took a bit of an outrageous turn? Yeah, well, that's that. You know, I'm, I'm not alone. We all thought it was outrageous. Uh, and, uh, but it was, you know, it, it made people watch, uh, you know, the possession, you know, you know, how we've, uh, you've been on the set and, you know, sometimes to get through the day, you know, the early, the early blocking is a perfect time to, uh, to satirize with everything you're doing. <laughs> and, uh, and in the, uh, in the old days where we had more, more rehearsal time, it was a great way to do that. You could you could play around with the words. You could play around with the situation. You could do that, and then of course, on through the day, you kind of you begin to tighten things up. And and uh, uh, so James Riley got there's a lot of a uh, lot of satirization going on early in the day with some of those stories. I mean, you you had the the uh, the possession story, uh, uh, of course. Uh, uh, with uh, everybody dying, that right. was uh, that was a story that that kind of set all of us on edge. Uh, we had no idea what was going on, and and uh, the fact that the story kept going and kept going was uh, uh, had had everybody concerned. Not only those of us who died, but people on the show. You know, uh, that was one of those one of those moments that you realize, oh, we've we've actually established. Uh, a, a family here because people were so legitimately concerned and caring about uh, the people they worked with. But, you know, all of those were extremely effective stories for the, for the audience. I think everybody want, wanted to see what was going to happen next. Some of it was so unbelievable. They thought, oh, well, I, I've got to find out. <laughs> <I've gotta> find <laughs> right. What, what could this, it's so outrageous. They, they can't, there's nothing else they can do. And, of course, there was. Um, Abe, when we're talking about that Salem stalker storyline, was actually the very first victim, the first one to, quote, yep. unquote, die. Yes. <laughs> so first for, one. For you, uh, yeah, for you as an individual, what, you know, 
Did you really think you were out of a job? What were the emotions that surrounded that that time for you? All of that. Uh, mm-hmm. It was striking. Um, it, it was it was really very striking. I you know I left the show uh, appropriately about ten years before because uh, uh, you know one I got the offer to go to Generations, which was uh, which was great, but also nothing was happening for uh, Abe as a character and. Uh, and I think the show. I think it was the one time where I think the show was actually moving away from from that character, and uh, so you know, fortunately, generations happened, and uh, and I I left to go there, which was actually the same same sound soundstage we used to take days on. So there wasn't much of a change. But uh, when uh, I learned that uh, Abe was going to be the first, and I, I didn't realize at the time that it, it was. Uh, it was a story. I just thought Abe was dying. Uh, that was shocking. It was really, it really was. It was. Uh, I was. I was very, very surprised um, because the first time again when I left to go to uh, Generations, it was made clear to me that the uh, if I wanted, the door was open and they'd figure out how to bring the character back. And that was not made clear to me. This second time. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh so, now because it all worked out, but I, I can only out, imagine yeah. at the time, uh, not not quite so yeah. funny. No, it wasn't. But, you know, it was also, I, and I think this is the case with uh, uh, all of us, when, particularly when we're in a creative field, uh, it felt like, well, you know what, uh, now now there's some, it gives me a chance to do, do a number of other things. Yeah, and I had the theater, and, and I was able to invest myself in, uh, I don't remember what the show was, but directing, I think, one of our, one of our biggest uh, hits at the theater, and and uh, so th- there were there were some good, it was some good things occurred during mm-hmm. that. And I, I actually became pretty optimistic in a pretty short period of time. Oh. And then you came back. Now and then, I came and then back, you came yeah. back with everybody on the April. What was it? April Fool's April, Day April announcement. Fools. Mm-hmm. April Fool's Day. Yeah. No, I remember that. It was a big. It was a big uh, off-camera production. And we all gathered across the street at Corday, and uh, those of us who had been killed, and uh, and then we, you know, began our, our trek across the street, and and surprised the whole cast and crew had been gathered there. And once again, really true emotions, uh, you know, not just from us who had who had died and thought this was a a closed chapter of our life, but from all all the people we'd worked with for for all those years. I mean, every, everybody who died had a history on the show. So, they're, um, they're, you know, the they're, they're welcome back was, was very sweet. Did you get your dressing room back? I did. <laughs> I did. Nice. Nothing, nothing had been given away. Good. And I got my dressing room back. I got my parking spot back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> back to normal. All the important stuff. <laughs> right. And... Uh, yeah, it was it was wonderful, and uh, um, you know, and, and and some lovely things said privately, uh, all the way down from the producers, all down to everybody that works on on the crew, and uh, it was it was wonderful. Um, now, Abe's longest relationship his was with Lexi, his romantic relationship, which yes. made him the son-in-law of Stefano. What can mm-hmm. you tell us about working with the late Joe Mascolo? Well, Joe and I, uh, 
we really felt we had a bond. You know, uh, it was uh, interesting. We have um, who uh, the '80s bunch, uh, the '80s group. Maybe maybe you coined the phrase. Uh, one one of those phrases. I'm not sure. <laughs> I suspect it may have come from you. But anyway, you know that that whole group who arrived in the '80s, and uh, I, I think I guess Abe was the first one of that bunch too. Uh, I guess it foreshadowed being the first one killed years later. <laughs> but uh, you know, all of us arrived relatively at the same time. Abe and Roman and Bo and Hope and Stefano and Tony and all those folks. Um, and, uh, so we, we kind of had, had a bond, uh, you know, Joe was a, was a theater guy and, uh, uh, this, this huge personality. And, uh, I tend to like people with, with the, the, that kind of big personality and, uh, incandescent personality. Joe was kind of always, always on and knew when he walked into, into a room. And um, uh, we we really fed off each other uh, as actors. Uh, we we enjoyed we enjoyed the rehearsals. Uh, we we really enjoyed kind of finding out where each one of us was that day as actors, and where each one of us was in the scene. And uh, we we talked about that periodically. How much we uh, you know, we didn't come out and say how much we respected each other, but that was the essence of our of our conversations is how much we respected each other as actors. Uh, Steph and I were talking uh, before we got you on the phone about uh, sort of a trend these days of actors maybe only staying for the length of one contract and kind of wrapping up on daytime sooner than maybe we've seen actors do in in previous eras, which begs the the question, why have you stayed? <laughs> I mean, we're happy well, you did, but but why? Yeah. Well, I I am happy I did too. Uh, different reasons every every time. I think almost every time. You know, there were times there were times years ago where we had signed three or four year contracts. You know, uh, <laughs> that used to happen. Remember that? So uh, you were locked in for a while, uh, and I always kind of felt, well, you know, I'm I'm here. Uh, you know, I've got this contract and, and things would happen and, and, uh, offers to do different things would come. And, uh, so it became, it, it was different things at different times. Uh, I remember early on, um, uh, I was very tempted, uh, actually after the first couple of contracts to leave because I got various offers for things for the series and, and that sort of thing. And then uh, at some point I kind of sat down and I realized, you know, none of those lasted. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I'd like to be confident enough to think, oh, maybe if I'd done it, it would have, you know, stayed around, stayed on the air oh, for that sure. more, more successful. Uh, but that, that, that went through my head at one time. Uh, you know, I, I remember being tempted when my son was in college and I thought, well... Yeah, I'll stick around and get him through college. <laughs> That's a good thing to do. And then um, after, uh, you know, I'd been around for a while, and Renee and uh, Renee was here as well. Uh, it, it became what I did. Uh, this is, you know, it became the creative outlet. I realized that uh, that next week I might have scenes that are, that you know are purely drama or purely action, uh, you know, there were those, those romantic moments. 
and uh, there was a. Uh, I, I began to think, you know, this is this is really a wonderful, wonderful creative outlet, and uh, all I really have to do is sign my name, and I'm going mm-hmm. to be allowed to continue to do this, and and that was a big part of it. And I tell you what else played in late in in the game was uh, uh, meeting people that it made a difference to. Uh, and and that was something I was doing a lot of a uh, lot of touring USO touring I was uh, visiting people uh, in in a variety of different situations from hospitals to people in, in uh, uh, some sort of educational program somewhere and it made a difference to those people and I didn't know if I would uh, at that point in my life too. If walking away and investing in something else would create that that change for people, that positive change in their life, and that that made a difference after a while. Well, it's made a difference for us. We couldn't be happier that you're still in Salem. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am too. I am too. And you do kind of, you know, there is a there is a there is a point. I think where you just you realize, yeah, this is. Uh, this is where it is, and and now the there's a certain amount of history attached to as you've, you've mentioned before to my presence and being here. So that that's a tie. Uh, history is quite meaningful to me, and the fact that uh, that I've been allowed to make some history in some ways uh, makes me realize hey, you know you know what there's something there's something else going here, and I need to stay stick around and and. Uh, help it continue. Well, again, we are happy you did. Um, Thank you, as always, for chatting with us. Thanks for joining us today. Going on with these long answers I'm giving you today. We're we're (laughs) sitting here, like, very, very interested and enchanted. So, job well, podcast job well done, Jim. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to James Reynolds for being our guest. Be sure to pick up your new issue of Soap Opera Digest on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.